This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Tap, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Uh, Nancy Lotridge-Anderson has been enjoying some well-earned time off, so we're not sure if she is going to make it into studio or not. Sometimes she gets caught up in the traffic, so if she's here, we welcome her aboard. If not, uh, we say continue to enjoy your time off, and we look forward to having you back on the show in the very near future. Uh, so good morning, Ryder. Hope you're doing well this morning. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, so financial news in the news. I heard on the news this morning that the Federal Reserve is raising the interest rates. Am I correct on that? Um, so you know, I, I feel like we talk about interest rates a lot here because they finally started to – things have finally started to happen on the interest rate front. Um and they they may or may not raise interest rates. It's always kind of you know they they don't they they give out hints. They signal. Uh, they give out hints. Uh, the market takes guesses. Um, you know, for a while, I think the market was anticipating maybe like three interest rate hikes this year. Maybe they're anticipating a little less, but um, essentially. The Federal Reserve doesn't exactly control, but they heavily influence short-term interest rates because uh, they set rates at which banks can borrow from them, and then kind of banks will lend to each other at a similar rate. And um, so that's just short-term interest rates. I know we're going to be talking a lot, uh, maybe a little bit later, house buying, we're talking about mortgage, you're talking about a lot longer-term interest rates. Those are less affected, unless you have a variable rate, those are going to be less affected um, by the kind of short-term interest rate moves you hear about. So what are some uh, types of loans that someone might get that would be affected by or short-term interest rates? Um, Credit card loans are sometimes totally variable. They're often just very high, uh, but sometimes they're variable. Um, Auto loans are sometimes variable. And additionally, since those are shorter-term loans, they're often kind of four or five, six years, then you end up with something that is much more kind of... um, set by shorter term rates anyway uh, and then just personal loans from banks sometimes are variable loans uh, if, if, if you do that um, but oftentimes the the a lot of loans the, the kind of bulk of loans there it's going to be commercial lending is often done on variable rates so um, for the average consumer how closely should we be paying attention to this and and then how how does it affect most people um, I would say not terribly closely, um, unless you just like economic statistics. Like this is a great place to start, of course, because you know interest rates are the cost of money, and money influences everything. And in the you know everything is relies on money. It's the it's the water in the pipes. Um, how you might notice it is, uh, first of all, if you do have a variable rate loan, you might expect it to start inching up. Um, but also, you know, when they go up a lot, you know, in the past uh, couple of years, they've gone from just about zero to, you know, close to two for very short term 
uh, loans. Uh, you start noticing, you know, banks offering better deals to switch, uh, better interest rates to switch uh, banks. And, you know, if you're the type of person who, you know, if you're not satisfied with the service you're getting at your bank, you might have an additional reason to switch now. Very good. Uh, So we're going to spend the bulk of our time this morning talking about buying a house, but also as uh, we do each Tuesday, we're always looking for your personal finance questions on any topic. Uh, Don't uh, don't uh, be uh, shy about calling if you have something that doesn't relate to house buying, because uh, we're here to try to give you the best information we can to help you navigate your personal finance. Uh, The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email email the show money at mpbonline.org. But help us talk about buying a house. We have a guest on the line, uh, and it's Danny Lee, who is president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors. Danny, thanks for joining us this morning. Good morning. Thank you all. We appreciate you all giving us the opportunity. Uh, If you would, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, um, I've been a realtor now for 12 years. Um, We, you know, I started out right out of high school and yeah, just kind of stuck with it ever since. It's been a very rewarding career. It's a fun career, um, and I definitely enjoy doing what I do. All right. Uh, and how would you describe the current housing market on the Gulf Coast? Uh, it's it's booming. Um, of course, Katrina really put a hurt on us back in 2005, and then we had a few other things that followed that that just really hurt us. But um, over the past probably two or three years, we've really seen an increase in our market, and things are, are doing really well down here. What's what's driving uh, what's driving all that? Uh, we have a, a huge influx of out-of-towners coming in on the coast. Uh, we have a, a big vacation market. A lot of people have weekend homes here, summer homes. And um, now that the economy's doing better and the real estate market's doing better, and it's been quite a while without any hurricanes or anything, people are feeling comfortable again, and they're they're really starting to invest back in the coast. Awesome. So, um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, you know, buying a house, probably one of the biggest uh, purchases that uh, someone will probably make during their lifetime. And uh, with a lot of uh, financially related uh, purchase and, uh, purchase and, and matters, uh, you need to do some homework first. So let's uh, start out that way. What are some of the things that uh, potential home buyers need to do in terms of homework, things that they should research before they really get too far into uh, looking for a new house? Well, of course, the first thing is to research your finances, make sure that it is a viable option for you to be able to do, um, and then really just decide to take that step to purchase that home. And then once you, know, once you decide that, then you really got to delve into what it is that you want in your home. Um, and, you know, you just kind of get got to get it all together and decide to go ahead and start that process. And, of course, we encourage everyone to, to look into trying to buy a home because it truly is the largest investment that most people make and probably one of the smartest. You know, I, I think you're right about how much home you can afford. I know when I bought my house years ago, uh, we at first we, the realtor was kind of taking me around and we were looking at all different sorts of houses and I didn't know. Uh, but then when we kind of honed in on, you know, here's what I can afford, it certainly helped me because uh, there were less choices to make. But I think it mm-hmm. also helped my realtor because he was then able to better show me the houses that would be realistically uh, in my buying power. Exactly. We always encourage our clients to get pre-approved for for their mortgage first because it truly does set the criteria that we need to be looking in. Because, you know, if we show a client a $250,000 house and then they only get approved for $150,000, there's a big difference in those two houses. So it may be a little bit of a letdown. Mm -hmm. We try to avoid that and, and get their budget, you know, right off the bat as to what they can truly afford. 
So again, uh, in doing some research and getting together maybe with uh, other family members, spouses, that kind of thing, what are some things to think about about what kind of house you want? I guess maybe size, number of bedrooms, that sort of thing. What, are, what would be yeah. some things on a checklist? The most common things, um, of course, are area. Most people know what neighborhoods they want to be in, what school districts they want to be in, what towns. Um, you need to know what size house you want. Uh, you can get just about any size you, you know, that you could want, but you need to figure out what's going to work for you as the buyer. Of course, bedroom count, bathroom count, um, those are very important. Uh, do you want fenced-in backyards? Do you want a garage? I mean, the list goes on and on. So it really helps to have that together in the beginning. Um, because it helps you as the buyer know what you're looking for, but it also helps us as the realtor know what to be finding for you. Um, so it's really good to do your research up front and kind of get that good idea of what it is that really is going to work for you. On Money Talks this morning, we're visiting with Danny Lee, president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors. Uh, if you have a question about home buying, you can give us a call. Or if you have a personal finance question for us this morning, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. And Danny, I guess one of the things that you need to think about when deciding how much house you can afford is the idea that uh, when you own a house, you're also then going to be involved with a number of other type of expenses, repairs, uh, that sort of thing. What are some things to think about uh, when deciding a house buying about the maintenance of the house once you buy it? You definitely need to keep some type of contingencies. Um, when you're renting, if something breaks, you call the landlord. It's taken care of. When you own a home, that's not the case. You are the landlord. So you really got to keep some money held back. I mean, there's always going to be something that comes up. Usually it's minor stuff, you know, the toilet's leaking or the sink's leaking or something like that. Um, so just make sure that you are prepared to take on those things. So that definitely needs to be factored into your budget um, because you really never know what's going to come up. And, and something usually does. But just be prepared to take that on um, and j just hope that it's something small. All right. And also you mentioned uh, pre-approval. So maybe give us some tips on when you're trying to find uh, a lender uh, to uh, be involved in the process. There are so many options for lenders these days. Um, some people choose to go through their bank, whoever it is that they're banking with. A lot of banks have mortgage departments, and, and you can go through them, get them set up. And a lot of people choose that route because they already have a relationship with their bank. Um, there's also mortgage brokers that you can get in contact with. And they all offer some of the same products, but they also offer different products as far as the type of loans you can get. So it's really good to research your lender as well. Now, if you're already working with a realtor, most of us have lenders that we've worked with in the past that we're familiar with, and we try to recommend at least three or more to our clients for them to, to kind of contact, you know, people that we work with and we know have good products that you can look into. But it's, it's definitely something to research because don't just go to your bank because that's who you're familiar with. Um, kind of research it and see what else is out there before you make your decision. Now, something I learned um, when I purchased my first home was there are so many different uh, types of loans and different loan programs, different down payments, different uh, terms you know, different interest rates, uh, different uh, PMI. Um, could you talk a little about, you know, how do you, I mean, as someone on the outside, you don't necessarily know what all is out there and what the best program is. And and I had a fantastic uh, mortgage officer who, you know, kind of figured out all the details for me. And, he, and was like, this is the loan that fits what we talked about. This is what you want with these terms. Um 
it, can anybody offer you all this plethora of loan options or do some offer some and another person's going to offer another? And how, how do you find, how do you know that someone's going to give you all the best options? Yeah, it, it really, it could, it can get a little confusing because there are different programs available at different places. But like I said, the majority of them do offer, you know, the basic types of loan programs that are out there. And you really, it's really best just to sit down and it doesn't hurt to talk to several of them to, to get a feel for who it is you would like to work with and just discuss all the different programs they offer to decide what is going to work best with you. Because like you said, there are so many different down payment options. That's probably usually the biggest driver for what program people decide to go with. Um, being a younger agent, I do work a lot with first-time home buyers. They don't usually have a lot saved up to be able to put down. So, you know, they're going to look for those programs that are either 100% financing or, or, you know, very little down. But that's really something that you just have to sit down and discuss. It, it, it's not something to take lightheartedly and just jump into. So, and, and like I said, it doesn't hurt to talk to multiple different lenders to see what they all offer and see which one offers what's going to work best for you. And just make sure that you, you have someone that you have a good relationship with mm-hmm. that, like you said, you can talk to and that will really guide you in the right direction because it is a big, pro- it's a big step. It's a, you know, it's a big part of, it's a big investment. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue visiting with our guest. It's Danny Lee, president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors. Also, John's on the line from Gulfport. We'll get to his call after this break. We can get to your call as well if you have one for us. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more Money Talks after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We're talking today with Danny Lee, the president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors, about house buying, uh, but also we're looking for your personal finance questions. So if you'd like to join our conversation, you can call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If you're not near the phone but want to send in a question, the email is money at mpbonline.org. We do have a couple callers on the line. We'll start with John in Gulfport. Good morning, John. Go ahead, please. Oh, good morning to you. I have a a couple of comments here. I came from Texas about five years ago and researching house buying on the coast, et cetera. I'm an older guy, so I don't really need the, the wherewithal to finance it. But anyway, for somebody starting out, the first thing you've got to do is not so much uh, find out how if you can afford it. It's, it's your job situation. Is your job situation going to be stable for the next, say, up to maybe 10 years? 
that is number one in my estimation that I've, I've discovered down here. There are a lot of jobs down on the coast here, but they're very transient. Casino jobs come and go and so forth. So uh, I, 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 I wish that he had brought that up. This, okay, Mr. Danny? Th- thanks yeah. for that comment, John. Uh, that's a really good point because when you get a mortgage, you know, you're committing yourself to 30 years of this same payment. So if, I mean, part of that's going to just be, be, you know, being honest with yourself about am I going to be able to afford this? Um, because, of course, you don't want to default. I mean, the lender doesn't want you to default either. They'll make their own um, income and, 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 you know, assessments like that. Um, but, you know, remember, I mean, just like John said, this is a long commitment. Um, even if, of course, you're not planning on staying there forever, you're going to need that payment is going to come around every single month. And you better hope that you have that money every single month. And uh, Danny, sort of a, a tangent to that. Uh, you had mentioned a lot of times that uh, home buyers will go in and, and want to finance 100%. Might it be prudent for some folks to maybe defer the dream of home ownership maybe a year or two and work towards building up a little bit of uh, a nest egg or a, a pile of money to maybe make a down payment? Uh, what are your thoughts on that and John's call? Yes, it, it definitely doesn't hurt. Obviously, the, the more you have saved up, um, the more secure you're probably going to be. Um, and it definitely is not always the best case just to jump in if you have absolutely nothing saved up. Because like you mentioned earlier, it's not just buying the home. You also have to take care of the home once you own it. And, and there are things that come up. So it's, it's definitely a good idea to have that saved up. But you can still get a 100% loan even if you have a little bit more savings and just hold that as a contingency. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a lot of times what people will do. You know, if you, you only have a certain amount saved up and you don't want to put it all down on the mortgage, you can get 100% and save that for things that may come up down the road. And, and like John said, having a job that you know is secure that's also a very smart thing to look to look at because you don't want to get stuck in this for 30 years without knowing that your job is going to last for more than a year or two. All right, so that yeah. is a very good point that he brought up. Absolutely. All right, uh, John, thanks for your call. Good call there. Uh, we've got some open phone lines. If you'd like to join in this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 We're visiting with Danny Lee, president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors, uh, Realtors. And um, Danny, help me out with that because years ago, we had uh, this discussion, and I, I got in trouble for not pronouncing that correctly. So how do you pronounce that word? It is probably one of the most mispronounced professions out there. It is Realtors. So there's not the um, la in the middle. Realtors. Okay. There is, yeah, there is no Realtor, but that it, <laughs> that's the most common way that we hear people pronounce it, but it, it's Realtor. All right. So, um, so my, you my, just say it correctly. My apologies in advance if I go back and forth for that throughout the hour, so I'll try to say that it's correctly. Okay. We, we hear it all the time. But also, I'd like to ask this. Um, all real estate agents are not Realtors. If you would, tell us the advantage of finding someone who is a Realtor when you're looking for a new house. That is absolutely correct, and I'm glad you brought that up. Now, of course, I'm biased, being that I am the president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors, and I am a realtor. But the big difference is that um, the difference between a general agent and an actual realtor is by being a realtor and a member of the National Association of Realtors, we're held to a little bit higher standard. Um, we're, we're bound by a code of ethics um, that NAR enforces. Um, NAR is the National Association of Realtors. And it, it just basically outlines how we're supposed to, 
to cooperate with each other as realtors and also with our clients and our customers, um, just to make sure that we're playing fair with each other and really looking out for the best interest of everybody. So that's probably the most major difference. Um, so we definitely recommend that when you're looking for an agent that you look to work with a realtor. All right. And so um, when choosing an agent, what are some things to do? Obviously, I think uh, much with uh, in Riders Field, when you're working with a financial advisor, you want it to be a comfortable relationship. So maybe would it be a good idea to interview a couple of different agents to find the one that's the best fit for you? Absolutely. Just like when you do anything, um, you really need to interview because every agent has a different style, a different way of doing things. And we all have different personalities. My personality may not always work with, you know, everyone. So it, it's good to interview a few different agents and do it up front before you actually start the process. That way, once you find who you're really comfortable with and know that they're going to work well with you, you've got them and you hold on to them. Um, it, it can get a little sketchy if you jump around throughout the process. So it's best to choose a good agent up front and just, just talk to several different ones and, and see who fits you best. All right. So uh, speaking of looking at different realtors, um, I, I know uh, agents often charge, it's a, it's a commission, a 3% commission on the sale of the house. How, are there other ways that uh, realtors or just general real estate agents get paid? And, and what are those? What do they look at look like and advantages, disadvantages? Um, it, as far as the commission that we receive, it's, it receive, it's always negotiable. Um, it's always set between the client and the agent. Um, and it, it's, it's different situations depending on how it's set up. Um, you know, it, it, we're typically paid, you know, at closing. We don't get paid until we actually sell the house. Um, so it, it, it's just something that you really need to negotiate with your agent and see what the cost is going to be up front. Mm -hmm. um, and in, in, in some situations, the seller may be paying the commission. Sometimes it's, it's some on the buyer side. You just need to figure all that out up front with the agent that you're going to be working with. It, just know it's, it's negotiable. Hmm. Okay, good to know. We're visiting with uh, Danny Lee, president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors this morning, looking for questions about buying a new house or general personal finance questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 And as we go back to the phones, it looks like we have some house buying and some non-house buying questions both on the line. So let's start with Andrew in Starkville, who has a question for us. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. Go ahead. Um, so um, I wanted to know, I'm a graduate student at Mississippi State, and I'm going to be graduating soon. And I wanted to know, uh, for students who have, like, you know, five-level student loans, what should they consider when, you know, buying a home? Is this something they should put off for a few years, or should they try to, are there programs that exist for these uh, students that have student loan debt, or... I, I want to uh, mention a couple of things before uh, I let Danny take over, who may have a, a little more nuanced knowledge about the um, buying a home with, when you have student loans. But with your student loans, they have uh, – I know uh, Fannie Mae has set some new standards recently about how they consider your student loan debt. For instance, if someone else is helping out with the student loan debt, they know not to consider some of that. But uh, one of the things that matters because – 
uh, mortgage lender is looking at your, and I believe we're going to have a whole program about mortgages, I think next week, but because your mortgage lender is looking at your total debt payments to your income, what you want to do is get your other debt payments, so including your student loan debt, as low as possible. And, the, and a good way to do that is getting on something like um, payee or repay, which is a pay-as-you-earn or revised pay-as-you-earn. I think pretty much all loans should be eligible for something like that, um, which will put you on one of, if not the lowest, one of the lowest payments you have available um, because it's always limited to 10% of your discretionary income. So it's, it's less than 10% of your income. So that's going to maximize your flexibility, uh, both just in your spending plan overall and with a mortgage lender when he's saying okay well you, you know we're limited to a total of uh, it's like 30 or 40 percent total debt to income so that gives you a little more flexibility um, on both sides there but I think Danny might have some more information on on exactly how that's considered well you made a very good point with that and and just make sure that when you meet with your lender you're very upfront about what student loan debt you do have because it does factor in unfortunately like Ryder said it is part of your debt to income ratio so just make sure you're honest about that with the lender and, and that you discuss that so that they know what your situation is up front because, um, unfortunately, it is, it's a factor. And, okay. and also just another thing, when you first get on student loan payments, you often have you know six months of deferment, so you don't have to actually start paying um, your first year, even on, especially on an income base, before you recertify your income. You're going to have uh, much lower payments than you really um, than are realistic for going forward. So be realistic about those calculations and see if you can get you know even if you're on like a hundred dollar payment, if it's going to go up to five hundred dollars next year, you need to anticipate that so that you don't suddenly balloon all your debt payments. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call, Andrew. Let's uh, take a quick break. When we get back, we've got some calls on the line to get to. Uh, Steve, Michael, Rick, if you would hang on through this break, we'll get to your calls straight away. After this break, you're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Tapp, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives and co-author of the book Piggy Planet, Prudent Investors Get Going Young. Today we're talking about home buying and visiting with Danny Lee, President of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors. We also have some uh, callers on the line, so let's jump right back into things by going to Bay St. Louis, inviting Steve on the air. Good morning, Steve. Go ahead, please. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Danny. Um, My question is about a construction loan. Uh, granted, it was right in the middle of the housing bubble bursting when I applied, but uh, I had good credit and no debt, and I went to three different places for construction loan. Basically, they each wanted uh, 
an appraisal and origination fees for them, and each one was about $500. At the end of it, uh, they gave me an offer that I couldn't accept. Uh, they wanted to dip into my 401k. They wanted uh, 20% down at the time. And uh, in the end, I was out $1,500 and no loans. I was wondering if there was a way that you could do one process of, of uh, having using a realtor perhaps uh, to get a uh, an appraisal for the cost of construction and then shop around for the loan. Uh, Danny, do, does do realtors uh, realtors ever get involved in in helping uh, uh, acquire construction loans? Well, it depends on the situation. Um, now, if you're just an individual who who already owns a property, you're looking to build on it. Um, you typically wouldn't need a realtor in that situation. Now, we do deal with people who are looking to purchase new construction, so we'll help set them up with you know find their property, get them in touch with a builder, with a builder, and then in, in contact with who can handle the construction loan for them. But construction loans altogether are a completely different animal than just a standard purchase you know mortgage. So it it, there, it does require higher down payments. Um, you do have to have building plans prepared and appraised, and so it it is a whole different animal than just dealing with a standard purchase. Um, and it, it's definitely something. It's changed a lot over the last few years. There's a lot of new construction programs available, but you're still going to have to have a good bit of money down. And, and, you know, it's really something to to really discuss with your lender and try to get it all straight before they start doing the appraisals and everything like that. So, Well, yeah. my problem was the, the fact that uh, you go to one, you strike out, you go to the next one and strike out. And it was the same process over and over again. Yep. And in the end, that you were spending $500 each time you went to a lender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it has changed quite a bit over the last few years, and it's gotten a little bit easier to obtain, a little less stressful, but it, it's still a little bit more involved than just getting a standard mortgage. I, I would say, uh, Steve, definitely tune in, uh, maybe c- call back or email that question in so we make sure to get that addressed when we have the mortgage lender in next week. But in general, just one thing to keep in mind, a construction loan is a lot more speculative than just a regular mortgage. Um, you know, they are lending you, for a mortgage, they're lending you money for something which exists, there's a market for, they can pretty easily discern the price of, and they know how much people want it. Uh, pretty easy to make a loan against that. On a construction loan, um, they're lending against the the hope that you uh, you go through with everything in the right way and, and that, that it does turn out right. So it's a lot more speculative. So that's, that's probably, you know, hopefully they have made it a little easier, but that's probably uh, part of the reason why. All right. Steve, thank you for your call. Let's uh, move on next. We've got Michael in Gulfport. Good morning, Michael. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Two questions. One, is there a process, a formula, or some hints you can give as far as determining um, how you make an offer on a property. I know, I know the, the, the seller wants every penny they can get for the property, but the buyer, by the same token, doesn't want to overpay for it <laughs> uh, and don't want to lowball them. That's right. And the second question, if I may, and uh, I'll listen to you um, on the air, is can a realtor represent both the seller and the purchaser and is that advisable all right 
Uh, Denny, go ahead. To answer the first question, um, yes, you you said it exactly right. The sellers always want the most, and the buyers want it for the least possible. So it's really up to to your realtors to help you negotiate that. Um, And and the way we try to help our buyers make an offer is we do basically a market analysis and see what houses are selling for in the area that you're looking to buy and make sure that what you're trying to purchase not only fits in your budget, but that it is truly what the market suggests that property may be worth. So that's where we try to start with coming up with with what to offer excuse me, what to offer and what to negotiate on. Um, now, as far as a realtor being able to represent both parties, there are some agencies who do rep- who do practice dual agency, which is working on behalf of both the buyer and the seller. Um, in those situations, both parties have to be notified and have to understand what they're, you know, what they're about to get into. So it's really, it's really up to you and, and your agent to feel if that's a, a situation that you're comfortable with or if you're not. So you need to determine all that up front with your, with your realtor. But it's definitely something to, to discuss and to look into. All right, Michael, uh, thanks for your call. Uh, but uh, in our discussion, if you've done your uh, you, you choose an agent, then you can rest assured that that person is then working on your behalf as the buyer uh, to help you get the best uh, deal that you can. Yes. And we do have some situations. Again, this is something you need to discuss up front. But there are situations that you may come to me and choose me as your buyer's agent. Um, but then you may want to buy a house that I have listed, meaning that I'm already representing you know the seller on that transaction as well. And that's just something you need to be upfront and honest about and discuss if that's going to be an issue for you as the buyer. So, so how do you as the realtor handle that, um, Com- conflict as it as it may be. <laughs> Personally, I try not to do it. Um, <laughs> but it, it it's really it's really up. You know, it, it's it's a, a relationship between the the realtor and the clients. It's just something that needs to be discussed. Um, I, it's just something I personally don't like doing. But yeah. you know, every agent's different, and we all have a different way of doing business. So I can see that because you know you kind of uh, as if you're talking to both parties, you have an idea both how low. Uh, the seller will go, but you also have an idea how high the buyer will go. And, you know, maybe if you're originally working, yeah, so... Yeah, it does get tricky, and in those situations, I mean, we really, we really, we have a duty to both parties. So mm-hmm. you have, you, you know, I can't go tell you that, you know, I know the seller will come down to one fifty or whatever. So we we do we can't get into any of that, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's you know it, it's definitely a, a different situation. So mm-hmm. you're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, and today we're visiting with Danny Lee, president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors. We're talking about home buying. So if you have a question for us, we've got some open phone lines. Also, any personal finance questions that you might have today. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Danny, a little bit of an off-the-wall question maybe, but you know, on uh, cable television with uh, all of the networks, there are about eight gazillion different home buying and house hunters and that sort of thing. H- has Which is the best one to watch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are so many and I like I like them all. Do you think that uh, home buyers have become more knowledgeable about buying a house, what they want, that sort of thing, due to the the large amount of of shows that they can watch on cable? Yes and no. Um, I will tell you, 
a good number of the shows that are on are not quite a true picture of how the process may really work. Oh, no. TV isn't real? I know. I know. It's a shocker. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They make it look a little bit more simple than it is, um, but that's what you have a realtor for is we guide you through that process. But um, sometimes the the television shows do set a little bit of an unrealistic expectation for buyers. So um, that's why it's good to consult with a realtor and let us guide you through it because it's not always as easy as they make it look. Um, what about an open house? Would that be something for potential home buyers to maybe uh, visit and check out uh, other houses to kind of get an idea, again, of maybe what it is they want, what they can afford, that sort of thing? Absolutely. Um, open houses are, are a very common thing. A lot of buyers like to go to them, ride around. Uh, you can have your realtor take you through the open houses. Just make sure that if you're truly looking for a house, that the open houses you're going to are something that would actually fit into your budget. Um, I mean, it doesn't hurt to go dream and just, you know, get ideas. But if you're truly looking, just make sure that, that you are attending open houses that are, could be viable options for you. So, Because, um, you know, a lot of times with open houses, it's just something buyers like to go do on the weekends. They may or may not actually have their agent bringing them through it. So they just, you know, got to be careful that it is, you know, something they could work with. You know, uh, to that, um, I love going to open houses. And I do too. My, my first, uh, the my first home, I have my realtor probably showed me, I don't know, twenty or something. Play, I made him run all around and work really hard for it. But, um, but you know, kind of looking back, you know, if if you're if you're not like totally committed, you're just you're just barely starting your research process. Uh, going to open houses all over, getting to feel for different neighborhoods, and and talking with other realtors. Talking with other home buyers uh, and talking with because a lot of times people who go to open houses are just neighbors who who want to poke around their neighbor's yeah. house. So <laughs> yeah, you've got a lot here. of people to talk to there, and actually. You know, it's worked both both ways for me. I've both uh, talked to folks at open houses and been like, oh, that's an interesting thing about this neighborhood that makes me want to live here. And I've also, you know, been in an open house and someone from out of town was looking at it and I told them about why I love this neighborhood and they ended up buying that house. So that's a good way without, you know, putting too much pressure on your realtor, um, just doing it on your own time. Um, plus, yeah, there was one around the corner from my house the other day and I just was like, I want to see what it's like inside. Yeah, and, we love we love to even as realtors we love to be nosy and go in open oh, houses especially absolutely. when they're in our neighborhood <laughs> absolutely so and and you brought up a good point too with talking to the neighbors even if it's not an open house and it's a house that your realtor has shown you I tell my clients all the time, the best way to find out what's going on in the area is go talk to the neighbors because they always spill the beans. So that's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Danny, as a realtor, do you have to make sure that you don't maybe fatigue your your potential home buyers too much and that, you know, let's look at 50 houses today, that sort of thing? Uh, Can can people get a little worn out from all the different choices? Absolutely. Absolutely. And not just worn out, but it gets confusing. When you look at too many houses in one day, they all start running together. It confuses the buyer. It confuses the realtor. So we do try to set realistic expectations and and say, look, you know, we need to keep it to a minimum. Let's try and weed it down and, and, you know, not go crazy because it does. It it gets confusing for everybody. So we try not to do 50 houses in a day. (laughs) All right. Hey, we need to take uh, one final break this hour. When we get back, we'll uh, begin to uh, wrap up the discussion. We'll talk about making an offer on a house, uh, getting the place inspected, and the art of negotiation. We're visiting today with Danny Lee, who's president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors, talking about the home buying experience. And we'll be back to wrap up Money Talks after this. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Today we've been taking personal finance questions, but primarily talking about the home buying experience. And we've been visiting with Danny Lee, President of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors. If you have a question about home buying, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 uh, so, Danny, I was just wondering, yeah. you are uh, so the president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors. How? Uh, what does that mean? How did you become that? What do you? What do you? What do you? What do you do to 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 get that well, honorific? The realtor organization, of course, is is you know it's made up of volunteers as far as our leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I started out honestly. I got involved in our association by participating on the Christmas party committee. And before hey. I know it, I kind of moved up the ladder, and here I am as president. So. <laughs> okay, get in where you can. Okay, so yeah, what what yeah. all does the association do uh, for its members, and what does it do for the public? Um, the biggest thing that we do is we try to focus on advocacy for for real estate. Um, we try to participate with our local governments, um, you know, with our members to just really reach out into our community and make sure that we're keeping track of things that affect home ownership um, and, and just stay on top of it and try and be an advocate for for owning a home um, and for the public. Mm-hmm. So that that's our biggest, our biggest charge is just taking care of all that. And for our members, of course, there's all kinds of benefits to joining the Realtor Association. For me, one of the biggest things is the relationships that mm-hmm. we build with each other by being part of, because real estate's one of the, the rare careers where we're all competitors. We all work for different companies. But a lot of times we have to work together um, right. to get a transaction taken care of. So having those relationships by being part of the same association has been a big help for me. So I see. That's very interesting. All right. Uh, so, Danny, we got a couple of minutes left, and we're kind of working our way through the process. We say, say maybe now the, the potential home buyers have zeroed in on, on maybe a house or two that they like. Uh, how important is a home inspection? Oh, um, that's something that we, I preach all the time to get an inspection. Even if you think the house is in great shape, get an inspection. Those home inspectors are paid to tear the house apart. Now, they don't do like you see on TV and take the sheetrock off and all that stuff, but um, they do do a thorough inspection because you want to know ahead of time if there's any issues with the house. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my biggest horror stories was when Chinese drywall was a, was a big thing. The house was perfect, completely, you know, almost brand new and the home inspector found Chinese drywall. So had those buyers not gotten that inspection, that would have been a very, very bad investment. So we mm-hmm. definitely encourage all buyers to get a home inspection, even if it's new construction. So, All right. Uh, we've got another caller on the line. So let's welcome Will from Canton into the conversation. Or Willie. Good morning, Willie. Go ahead. Good morning. Question. Uh, originally, I bought a home that was quite old but in good shape and I bought it and the the seller uh, financed it so I never had anything inspected at all uh, it's a good home uh, but when I get ready to sell it is that do, do people still do that where owner finance and they, you don't have to go through all of this inspections and things 
Yeah, there are definitely some sellers who do offer owner financing. Um, it, it's not not as common, um, but there are some that are available that the sellers are willing to do that. Is that a bad investment, not knowing, not having someone go in and inspect the wiring and all the the drywall and everything. I mean, as an as a realtor, uh, like I said, we definitely recommend inspections, just because you never really know what you're getting into. Uh, sometimes until it's too late after it's yours. So um, it, it definitely doesn't hurt to have that done up front. You know, spend spend the money up front and just make sure that it it is a solid investment. And and one thing, a bank is going to require a, an appraisal, and they will. I mean, they have a process for picking an appraiser, but the inspector is someone who works for you, the buyer. So you know, even if somebody is saying, I'll, I will handle the financing for you, I'll offer that financing for you, you just have to say, that's great, but how about next Tuesday me and my inspector come by and they will you know, have a, do a deep dive. You, know, you can still get that. You should still be able to get that inspection done. Well, see, I'm going to be a buyer and a seller. I was a buyer, and then, uh-huh. then one day I'll be a seller. Yeah. And I uh, um <laughs> So, I mean, there might be things that I don't even know, and I've been living in it for years. Yeah, yep, that, that's usually the case. All right, uh, okay. Willie, thanks for your call. So, uh, so Danny, it, it, and then as a potential home seller, it probably is also a good idea to possibly pay for an inspection so you know if there is some serious uh, issues that might gum up a potential uh, transaction. It does not, yes, it does not hurt. Yeah, better to be safe than sorry. You don't want to be surprised once mm-hmm. your house is already under contract because, mm-hmm. like you said, even living in them, you don't always know some of these issues because you, you just overlook them. Mm-hmm. So. All right, so uh, making an offer. Obviously, you don't necessarily have to offer the exact price that the that the sellers wanted, and you touched upon this a little bit earlier in the show that uh, negotiation is is a, is a big part of the home buying process. If you would talk a little bit about that. It definitely is. Um, once you find the house, the next step is to make an offer on it. Now, that, that's a big part of where the realtor comes in. We try to handle that for our clients. Like I said, we do the research, make sure the house is worth what they're asking, and that's how we determine the offer. Um, now that we're getting into a little bit stronger market, there's not always as much wiggle room in the price, but, but you still need to try and negotiate to get the best deal. And like they said, the seller wants the most, and the buyer wants it for the best deal. So you got to find that happy medium, and that, that's what we try to facilitate. All right. And then um, so once a buyer and seller agree on a price, I guess the, the final step would be closing. Well, the, the, when you get, did agree I skip? on the price, that's that's where the fun starts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the the home inspections, the appraisals, all that, you know, starts coming into play. Um, and it it's just we work through the process, but you go through those inspections, you get everything taken care of with your lender, and then you get to the to the closing part, which is, you know, the hooray, hallelujah, it's done. So, <laughs> um, Would you advise a buyer to have um, an attorney attend uh, 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 um, the closing with them? Uh, yes. Most, most of the time, um, we deal with closing agencies, and most of them do have attorneys on staff that would actually handle the closing. But, you know, we deal with a lot of title companies, closing attorneys. There's, there's different ways you can handle it. But, yeah, someone – we definitely try to have a – Someone professional is facilitating the closing. So, uh, and also, I remember again from when I bought my house. Uh, you're going to be signing your name eight zillion times, I think, in a closing <laughs> or more. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Bring a good writing hand because they they definitely have a bunch of papers to sign. 
All right. So, Danny, we've got about two minutes left. Um, kind of looking back, or is there something that maybe we skipped over or some sort of final words, uh, tips that you would leave with uh, folks, potential home buyers? No, I think I think we pretty much covered the basics. The biggest thing I could say is is just research. Be prepared. Um, know what it is you're looking for. Like a home buying process, it can be a little stressful, but it's also fun. Um, it, it's a big a big investment. There's a lot to look into. Just you know, get your group of people together, your agents, your uh, lenders, and and just work with them. You know, let us guide you, you know, just kind of do what you're supposed to be doing as the buyer and it, it all, you know, it'll all work out. So it's 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 a fun process when it's all said and done. And when we get to hand over those keys at the closing, it, that's some of the happiest moments of some people's lives. And it's it's great to get to be a part of that. So. I guess also, too, in, in this day and age, um, a lot of this can be done online. So is the Internet your friend when you're uh, house buying? Most definitely. I have no clue how agents did it before <laughs> cell phones and Internet was around. Luckily, I when I got in, that was already available. So it's it's made our job so much easier. And, you know, there's occasions where we work with buyers and never even meet them. So everything can be done online now. So it's, you know, it's, it's a whole new world. All right. So uh, Danny Lee, uh, president of the Gulf Coast Association of Realtors. Danny, thanks for taking uh, part of your day out to help us with our show this morning. Thank you all for having us. We very much appreciate it. All right. Now, Ryder, we've got uh, just about 30 seconds left. You're a home buyer. What would be maybe one tip that you would leave with folks that are potentially looking to buy a house? Um, I would just reiterate the importance of getting an inspection. And one thing I usually do is I'll look at the house. The first time I look at the house, I look at it. You know, Do I like the house? I'll look at it again with a friend who is a contractor or who knows more about construction and stuff than me. So he can kind of give me a quick and dirty opinion about things. And, uh, you know, obviously if something needs to be fixed, he can give me a quote on that. And so I even do that before the inspector, before I I pay somebody. I have a a semi-professional opinion about that. And uh, my tip would be, again, make sure you know how much house you can afford because that way you don't go looking at houses that you might like but find out that you can never get to in them. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash money talks. Our show was produced today by Java Chapman, and our call screener was Michelle McAdoo. So for Ryder Taff and our guest, Danny Lee, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's in legal terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.